0: Seat. Praise the Lord. How's everybody doing tonight? Amen. Before I get started, I want to welcome some very special people into the house here for the very first time. We have Francine and Rochelle. Amen. We're so glad that you decided to come and worship the Lord with us here on our Wednesday night service. And so on behalf of Pastor Danny and Sister Barbara, we are so glad that you decided uh, to come here uh, tonight. Amen. Now, um, I know earlier uh, Sister Siobhan was trying to get us excited. Amen. And I finally realized why um, why it feels like it's 8 o'clock already. is because of the time change. Amen. So I looked at my watch and I said, we should be done with church by now. So this is going to be quick. Amen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and um, get into it. Um, of course, I want to thank uh, Pastor uh, Pastor Danny and Sister Barbara for this awesome opportunity to preach here tonight. Uh, never take it lightly when we're uh, when I'm behind the pulpit. Amen. And so, if you go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Second Kings, chapter two, and you know some of my favorite stories in the Bible um are with Elijah and Elijah. Some of my favorite, right? I love to get in there, read in the book uh, of Second Kings, um in the book of First Kings, all those uh stories. Um and not only that, the Old Testament by its uh um by itself is you know full of um stories that really speak to our lives even now. Amen. I know it's the old testament, but how many of you know that when you get into the Word of God, the Word of God is, is alive. Amen. It's it's able to, to minister and and speak to us and and really um what what I really love about the Old Testament are the characters. Right? Different characters and and I really love how through the Word of God that we're able to put ourselves in some of these places. And really understand that the heartbeat of God. Amen. And so, 2 Kings chapter uh, 2. Now, I'm going to begin reading with verse 19. Give me a loud amen when you get there. All right. The Bible reads One day, the leaders of the town of Jericho visited Elijah. We have a problem, my Lord they told him this town is located in a pleasant surroundings as you can see but the water is bad and the land is unproductive so we see here in the book of second kings that right after elijah gets the mantle from elijah right right after that he gets the double portion uh uh, right in the in the very few uh, portions of the scripture before this, uh, the mantle falls. Elijah gets it. He's able to go uh, uh, to the Jordan River and it parts for him the same way it did for Elijah. And we see here that Elijah has the power, right? But how many of you know that with the power comes the problems, right? Now, I don't know about you, but if you've been saved... Uh, a uh, little bit more than five or ten minutes. You understand what I'm talking about, right? When you when you get an encounter with the Lord, when you get when you have an experience with the life changing power of Jesus Christ, then the storms of life come, right? And that's what God uses to to mold and shape us and transform us into who He want, to who He wants us to be. But they come and. And so when you get the power, you gotta be careful. Right? Because Elijah asked for it. Right? Elijah asked for it. He said, I want I want I want whatever you got. Right? Some of us were that way. Right? Some of us when we went into the bar, we went up to the to the counter, and he said, What are you having? He said, Make it a double. That's the same thing Elijah said. Elijah asked him, what do you want? He said, you know what? Make it a double. I want what you got, but I want a double. And see what was happening right here? The call of God was coming upon his life, and through the the situation and the journey, he receives a double portion of Elijah's anointing. But you see, let let me tell you a few things about the call of God about along this journey that we're in. You know, a lot of people have talents and gifts and and different things, right? Your talents and your gifts, they just set the floor. That's where you can start from. But see, your character sets the ceiling, right? Your Your talent might set you where you start at, but if you don't have the character, if you don't go through the process, If you don't live the life that God has called you to live, then you'll always be where? On the floor. Right? Let's get into this. I'm super excited about this portion of Scripture. Been thinking about it all day, been praying. Really love uh, this whole chapter, even the verses before it. But we're going to get into this portion. It says in verse 19 once again. One day, the leaders of the town of Jericho visited Elijah. We have a problem, my Lord, they told him. This town is located in pleasant surroundings, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. See, the first thing that we see here is they, they tell Elijah that they have a problem. But on the outside, right, you say, look, look around. What do you see when you look around? It's pleasant, right? How many of you ever been to Mexico? Right? How many of you ever been like on a Mexico beach? Okay, so Let me break this down. The first time we went to Mexico, right? We stayed in a hotel. Right? It was on the beach, everything was like beautiful. Right? There's palm trees, there's the beautiful ocean, Right, all these things. It's so beautiful, right? But then you make the mistake and you forget that you're not allowed to drink the You're not allowed to drink the water, right? Everything's beautiful. Surrounded by, the, he says, look around, look how pleasant it is. Look how much potential it has. And you can kind of see like that's like like us. You can look at us and look. Those people have potential. Look how great this could be. Look how beautiful. Look how far. Look how amazing. But even though it looks great on the outside, something's wrong on the inside. Even though it can look amazing on the outside, Sometimes on the inside, is different. And how many know that just like that, we could come to church on Wednesdays and Sundays, and we could show up at our jobs, and we could make it look like everything's great on the outside, right? We come to Christ, right? We, we, we buy shirts that we have to button up now. Come on, somebody, right? We, we get the haircut, right? We're, we're nice and trimmed, right? We, we look like we got it going on. We wear what they call deodorant. Come on, somebody, right? We're looking good on the outside. We're brushing our teeth now these days, right? We're coming up, doing good, right? We're looking good. We're smelling good, right? Our breath is all right on the outside. But see, sometimes what's on the outside isn't what's going on on the inside, Right? Just because people come to church and they look like they got it all together and people come to church and they they look like they ain't got no problems. How many of you know that it's not until we get into their lives. It's not until we reach out and talk to somebody. It's not until we're able to minister and, and really see what's going on that we see that on the inside they might be falling apart. They might be lonely and depressed and have anxiety and going through the trials of their life. But it's not until we're able to reach into the inside. Listen, it doesn't matter what's on the outside. You know, when I was a teenager, I made the huge mistake, because teenagers know it all, of moving out of my parents' house. I said, I'm going to get my own apartment. Come on, somebody. About 17 years old. Own apartment, ain't no one going to tell me what to do no more, right? Got this ghetto apartment. I'm telling you the story because just recently we were scouting the land there in Roswell and we drove by this apartment and I was like, man, that was that apartment. That was that, this was that apartment, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, I was getting like flashbacks and I got excited I felt the Holy Ghost, come on somebody. I was like, I wonder what tweaker lives in there now, because I know that's where I started My, anyways, let's go back to the story. So we're rolling by this apartment, it reminds me of this story. See, when I was a teenager, I used to hang around with bad friends and I believed that if you would ask, I was probably a bad friend. Also, come on, somebody, don't think it's just all oh, are hanging around the back. Some of you, some of, maybe you, the bad crowd. I wasn't just hanging around the bad crowd. I was the bad crowd. Come on, somebody. And so what we did because we thought we were cool is we, um, we, st- we, we, we. Okay, so we had this whole wall, right? This whole white wall in the apartment, and we thought it would be cool if we tagged it up, right? So we got we got spray paint, and that's real safe to do indoors, right? We got those spray paint markers that had the th- the rock on the inside. You know what I'm talking about, I say, right? And we started tagging up, and yes, I was 17. Yes, I was in Roswell, and yes, I'm white. I was still tagging, whatever, right? And so me and four or five of my bad company friends, we tagged this whole wall, right? It was like a a mural, but not as cool and really not all together, right? So all different colors, we tagged it. I'm not even going to tell you my, my fake back in the day name or anything like that. Right, so we're tagging in all kinds of letters, the whole wall, and we thought it was the coolest thing ever. People would come over, like, look at our wall, right, and they'd be like, yeah, let me tag it, right. So we let them tag it, the whole wall. Sit there and play video games, right, all day until one day, we got a letter on the door. It was from the uh, landlord saying we're doing house inspections. Right? We went by, you weren't home, we're coming back tomorrow. Right? So what do we do? We got paint, right? Brilliant idea, right? So we get white paint, right? We spent the whole night, we white painted it, we're painting it, all oh, the whole wall white. And we look at it we said, yes, we're going to get away with this. Right? Put the paint away, we go to sleep. We wake up. Next morning with the knock at the door, right? It's it's the home inspection, it's the landlord. We open the door, they walk in and immediately they see the wall. What happened overnight is all that paint bled through. Right? Why? Because you got a prime where were you twenty years ago, sister Lena? I'm not a painter, right? I don't know you gotta prime stuff. But just like that, see what we don't correctly deal with, no matter what we try to cover it up with no matter what we try to paint over, if we don't correctly deal with it, it's gonna just gonna bleed through. Right? Whatever, whatever it is, whether it's lust or pride or addiction, yeah, we can, we can paint over it for a while. We can maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of months and all, we can hide it for a while. But if we don't deal with it, if we don't let God come in and change us, if we don't surrender, then it might not be a week or two weeks, but sooner or later it's going to bleed through we bleed through and then we're going to have to deal with it all over again. Amen? They said, we have a problem. That even though everything on the outside looks good, something on the inside is wrong. See, the problem was, Back in Joshua 26, that there was a curse that was put on Jericho. An actual curse. So the land, the city, that very city that was having the problem had a curse on it. And see, sometimes we come to the things of God and we get saved, but we fail to realize just because we're saved doesn't mean that all of our stuff has been dealt with. Salvation is. So when we get saved, when we accept Jesus into our heart, that means that we're promised the kingdom when we pass away. But what it doesn't do, it doesn't instantaneously, what it does do, it forgives us of our sins, but what it doesn't do is remove all the junk from our heart. All the stuff, all the character stuff, all the different issues. We still want, we have to begin what they call the process. And through the process, we're able to deal with all these things. That's why when someone gets saved on the first day, it doesn't mean that we put them behind the pulpit. But they're saved. Yeah, but they got issues. We still got issues. Come on, somebody. We just might have less issues. <laughs> Whoever has the least amount of issues. No, just kidding. That's not true either. (laughs) Okay, so through this, right? Let me get back to my notes because I got way off. Okay, so in Joshua chapter 26, a curse was put on the city of Jericho. So when we get saved, then we start to have to deal with all the junk, all the character issues, all the past stuff. And one of the things that we have to deal with are the curses that are upon our lives, because there there have been curses after curses that we brought upon ourselves by our actions. There have been curses that have been brought by by generational curses. You know, there's curses that the, the generations from generations to generations upon our lives. I know when, when I got married, I got saved, I got married, I made a promise before God that you know that I was going to stay married, be faithful. But my mom, she's on her fifth husband. My dad's on his fourth wife. I don't want that generational curse upon my life, right? I want to be able to stand before my children. And I'm not saying if you've been through some stuff, then you break it right now. But I want to stand before my children. I don't want them to have the same curses that my parents had, Right? Breaking generational curses, curses of addiction, curses of failed marriages, curses of poverty. All these curses that have been brought upon us, either by ourselves or through generations, all these curses. you got to think right here, the city of Jericho had a curse, right? So what did they say? They told Elijah, Elijah, we have a problem. We have a curse. There's something wrong with uh, uh, death, death and destruction. There's something wrong, something that we have to do, right? So what they had to do was reverse the curse. And that's what you have to do in your own personal life. You have to reverse the curses of your life. Whatever they are, you gotta make a declaration, a stand. Say, I'm not gonna fall to the same trap that my parents fell to. I'm not gonna fall to the same trap that people in my neighborhood or people that went to school with me or my friends growing up. I'm not gonna fall in the same trap. I gotta reverse the curse. I gotta turn it around. I'm not going out like that, right? You look at you look at the story of Jacob. Right, He was a thief. He was a liar. He was a manipulator. Right, Then what happened? One day he decided there had to be a change that no more can I be like this. No more can I still do that. No more can I still have the same name. So what happened is he got alone. Right? See, sometimes that's the problem. We don't want to get alone. We want everybody else to fight all of our battles for us and we can't get alone and wrestle with God. Listen, sometimes Sometimes you've got to get away from all the crowd, all the noise, and you've got to get on your knees for yourself, right? Sometimes you've got to get a hold of God. You've got to press in and say, you know what? I, I, my mama's been fighting, me, uh, fighting for me all these years. My pastor's been fighting for me all these years. It's time that I take a stand and fight for myself, Right? So Jacob got away, right? He separated himself. He sent all of his possessions. go across the river. He sent them all. and said, you know what? I need to get alone. I need to get alone. So he was there alone, right? He was there, and the angel of the Lord came, and they began to wrestle. They began to wrestle. There was a struggle, right? There was a struggle, and what happened through the struggle is Jacob didn't give up. You see what? There's something that happens. There is a power that comes upon you when you don't give up. It's so it's easy to give up. It's easy to throw in the towel and say it's too hard, it's too low, I can't do it. I can't do it no more. I I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can say no to to that crack pipe. I don't know if I can say no to that girl or that guy. I don't know if I can say no to not stealing and having some integrity at my job. I don't know if I can say no, but there's some power that comes upon a man or a woman of God when when they say, you know what, I'm willing to fight. I willing to wrestle. So there's something that when Jacob began to wrestle, right? I'm sure because yeah, how many know that when you wrestle with the angel of the Lord, you're not going to win, right? So how many, but how many know that when Jacob began to wrestle, see the struggle, the wrestling wasn't just for wasn't he wasn't wrestling against the angel of the Lord, he was wrestling against himself. He was wrestling against himself. Are you willing to wrestle? Is worth fighting for? Right? You've got to come to that point and say, you know what? This is worth fighting for. Right? My family, it's worth fighting for. The call of God is worth fighting for. Right? The, it's my salvation. It's worth fighting for. My future is worth fighting for. My family is worth fighting for. Quit giving up. Stay in the fight. To stay in the, I know it's hard. It's hard to fight. We don't stay in the fight because it's going to be worth it. We see here that Elijah, he told him in verse 20, Elijah said, bring me a new bowl with salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring that supplied the town with water and threw the salt into it. Two things right here. He said, get a new bowl. Right? Get a new bowl. The reason why he needed a new bowl is because it hadn't been contaminated yet. Right? It hadn't had a hadn't been it. It, didn't, it wasn't a bowl that had all that junk in it. Right? He said, Don't bring me, don't bring me a bowl that full of all that junk. Don't bring me all the junk. Bring me a new bowl. Right? And that's so that's what we gotta do before God. We say, God, make me a new vessel, right? Make me new. How many know that when we're new, when we become new to, to in God, and don't bring all that junk with us? See, the problem is, is we try to go get clean water with a dirty bowl. Let me see it. We try to we try to go get clean water, but we got a dirty bowl, right? We we want God to clean us but we don't want God to change us. Say, I still want to act the same way I want to act, but I want God's blessing upon my life. I still want to have the same language that I that I always have, but I want the blessings of God. I still want to do the same things. I want to still play in the same sin, but I want to change. Listen, you can't drink the clean water in a dirty bowl, right? But... Those that are in Christ are new creations. Right? The old has passed away, and behold the new. Right? So what we do when we come to when we come to Christ, we say, God, forgive me. Come as a clean, clean vessel. Sometimes we come to church and we got plans to go out afterwards. Some of you might have your sin date on the calendar. He said also get some salt because salt is to, to purify. See, if we want the radical change of God breaking the curses off of our lives, we need to live a life of purity, right? So what does he do? He gets the cup. He gets the clean bowl, right? He gets the salt, and where does he go? It's in the Bible, it's right there. He goes, the Bible says that he goes to the source of the water. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't come over here. The source is over there. He doesn't come over here where it's already ran all this way. And he doesn't just go cleaning the, you know, the, the puddles of water everywhere. He goes to the source. And if I can get the keyboard player up. He goes to the source because sometimes we're good about dealing with all the little things. We're good about dealing the the little stuff, right? Someone says, "Oh, you can't you can't act like that at work no more. You'll get fired." Okay, I'll oh, just act like that at home, right? Deal, good dealing with all the little stuff, all the cosmetic stuff, right? So it's like having a, a hoopty and getting into the paint job. Some of you put, some of us, we put paint jobs on our hoopty. It doesn't change how good the car is. It just changes how good it looks, right? So instead of fixing all the little outward things, he takes it right to the source. He goes right to the source. And sometimes we gotta, we got to let God come to, right to the source of what's going on in our lives. You know, I mean, we bring God all the little things. Like, God, I want to raise, Right? Or, God, I want this, and all these things. But we don't allow God to fix the real issue, the issue of our hearts, of our character. Allow God in tonight. You know, when I was reading this portion of Scripture, I was really thinking about the the generational curses. I really began to, to think about, you know, think about your parents, and you think about the city that you came from, and think about things back then and as I began to think about them I was like God I don't want my kids to have any of the curses that my parents had and God really showed me that I had the opportunity just like the city of Jericho right now I had the opportunity if I would just deal with the issues then my kids would be blessed and then my children's children would be blessed and then my children's children's children would be blessed. That my life would just be the beginning of generations, not of curses, but of blessings. Some of you have the same opportunity. You say, "Man, I grew up, I grew up tough and hard, and I grew up in poverty, or or in a family full of addicts, or or whatever, whatever the case is." Listen, it could either continue. Or stop with you. It's your choice. Your decision. All you got to do is surrender and say, God, break the curse upon my life. Break all the curses. Come deal with the source. Just surrender and allow God to come in. Let me finish reading the portion of scripture. If we can all stand to our feet. Verse 23. I apologize. Verse 21. Then he went out to the spring that supplied the town with water and threw the salt into it. And he said, this is what the Lord says. I have purified this water. It will no longer cause death and if infer- infertility. And the water has remained pure ever since. Just as Elijah said. Because how many you know that when God does something, he does it right. When God does something, he does it right. So when we're able to come before God and say, God, I don't want to be the same. Listen, God's not going to start something and leave it half finished. If we're willing to wrestle with the Lord, when God does something, he does it right. If you say, i had enough of being an addict, I've had enough of of backsliding. I've had enough of of poverty upon my family. Listen, when God does something, he does it right. right. Let's all close our eyes tonight. Father, I come before you, Lord, and I pray, God. I pray that as you help me communicate the word that you gave me, God, that it would have penetrated the hearts of your people, God. I pray that tonight would be a night that you reverse curses, God. Oh, that you turn situations around, God. That you would turn curses into blessings, Lord. I pray that tonight, if there's someone here, God, oh, Father, that needs a complete turnaround, God. You'd speak to them right now. And say, tonight's tonight. That if they would just wrestle. That they would just fight a little. Oh, that you'd be willing to change their name, God. Oh, that you'd be willing to, to change the trajectory of their future, God. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we worship you. Father, we need your spirit tonight, God. Oh, Father, we need you. And I pray your spirit have full control of God over this place God move right now Lord if that's you and the Lord spoke to you tonight and said I gotta make a change maybe you're here and you say man I got I feel the curses I'm saved but man the curse of poverty or or marital problems or financial things or addiction I want to broken off my life. But that's you here tonight, I want you to step out of your seat. Come, come to the altar. Oh, we
1: worship God. No, no longer no, no. the no, no, no. Hallelujah. Father, we need you
0: tonight to uh, up our strength. I want to continue to worship the Lord. Continue to press in just for another minute. Just for another minute and have a conversation with God. I know we're up here praying and up your brain and praying for breakthrough, praying for God to turn things around. So begin to have a conversation with God. Lead up to the source. Say, God, I, I need you to deal with the source, God. All the things that's in my heart that I haven't dealt with in a long time. Whether so there's pride or, or lust and security. Deal with it, God. Have an honest talk with Him. Say, God, I I don't want to be an addict anymore, God. I don't want to backslide anymore, God. I don't want to fail anymore, God. I don't want to have a poverty mentality anymore, God. I'd be willing to wrestle, say, God. I'm willing to fight, God. I'm willing to wrestle. For as long as it takes, God. All the way to daybreak if I have to, God. Just change my name, God. No longer who I used to be, God. Change my name, Lord. Change my name, God. Change my name from defeated to victorious. From defeated to overcomer, God. Change my name, Lord. Namashatara.
1: Namashatara. If you came here tonight and
0: you don't know Jesus,